Hello everybody, and welcome back to OMB Reviews. I am the critic who is a cynic. How is everyone doing this evening? Happy Saturday, happy weekend to everyone here in Asgard, and welcome back to the Welcome to Asgard podcast, which reminds me to shout out Toph Morris, who is a $5 backer over on Anchor.fm, as these live shows are uploaded as podcasts after the fact at some point, eventually, though there are times that I fall behind, most especially when Baby Thor is sick, and just before the stream, about half an hour ago, I I pulled my back or something. <laughs> it wasn't even in the process of, of bending down. It wasn't even the process of, of, of lifting anything or holding anything. It was the walking I was doing prior to lifting something in the step. There was like a little uh, pull that happened. I don't know exactly what it was, but I, I had to put some heat on it, and it hasn't worked too much. Now it's kind of more of a dull pain, but... Man, I feel like I'm, I'm a bit too young to, to be experiencing these things right now. Uh, before going into the chat, though, and again, thank you all for being here for episode 266 of the Welcome to Asgard podcast, where it's an open forum tonight, uh, movie talk discussion. So again, open forum within reason, of course, certain things that I can't or will not talk about. Uh, but before I wanted to make sure to shout out to Trent Johnson, thank you very much because he donated via PayPal uh, last stream, and I did not get notified until after the stream was over, so Trent, thank you very much for that donation via PayPal. That really means a lot. And sure enough, we actually already have a donation from Riff Magos. Riff Magos, thank you for the $5 donation via Streamlabs. Thank you, good sir. Says, Hail Odin, just sending you some lockdown love. At least this has given me a chance to rewatch all of the MCU, almost all. I did stop at Infinity War. I think it's a good place to stop Riff Magos. Just let that be the end of it, and I think you'll be fine. All right, let's go ahead and say hello to some people. We got Mike Jackson in the chat. What's going on? Make sure you like that video. Smash the like button if you're watching on YouTube. We got the Nerdporeal Lifeform. Hail to you. Glad to see you in the chat. Matthew Highland here. We got Snort of Poop. It's Cuber, who is a member. And he says, hello, humans and other quitters. Hello to you. Good, sir. Thank you for being here today. Rosie G12, what is going on? Says, uh, hail, Odin and Shan. Have a great stream. Sorry, I have to miss it. Not again. No. Don't miss the chat. It's probably for family, which, of course, is the only valid excuse for missing the chats. We got Laura Story. What's going on, Laura Story? She is a mod on the channel and the... Uh, modern major general in life in general. We also have uh, Kara Tharp. What's going on, Kara Tharp? She is a member of the channel. Hail to you. Thank you for being here. We got Mark Lizeth. Mark Lizeth, how is it going? We, of course, got Tina B, the Empress of the Universe. She is one of my minds and one of the Valkyrie on the channel. Thank you for being here. And I saw some conversation from earlier. Uh, we will have a stream tomorrow, the Chosen of Valhalla live stream, where my Chosen... Uh, members at the Patreon subscribe star level join me on a live stream on the channel. That will be, uh, I believe, we normally start around 2 p.m. Eastern time, and so uh, we'll be sticking with that for tomorrow's stream. And yes, thank you all for asking that, and make sure you all are able to join us for that tomorrow. Should be a fun discussion. 13th Warrior, what's going on? He's also a member on the channel. Hail to you, Punkwaddle, also a member. 
Hail to you, Punk Waddle. Thanks for being here. Jam Cruz, what is going on? Stephanie B. Hey, oh, Stephanie B. My other Valkyrie, the general of the Valkyries. We got Father Cusamilla. Hail to you, Father. Riff Magos also in the chat. Hail to you, Riff Magos. And again, thank you so very much for that generous donation via Streamlabs. We got Mr. Roy. He is one of my chosen, as are Laura and Tina as well. Uh, we got Super Anime Gamer. What's going on, Super? Hey, what is up, my dude? What's going on, Super? Thank you for being here. Rusty Shackford in the chat. What is going on? What's going on? Is what I have to say to you. Uh, Ranting Ryan. What's going on, Ranting Ryan? I don't feel like that name is necessary because Ryan is indeed always ranting. Uh, <laughs> Alex McCarthy. Howdy, and how's it going? And how's Thor? Thor is okay. Uh, he, he, he is, of course, still healing up, um, but no, uh, let's just say there's been no movements of the intestines today, so we think he's going in the right direction, hopefully, not to go into too much detail with that, of course, Dadman Walking with the Five, who is a member, hail to you, thank you for being here, uh, Riff Magos, who is a member, he says, what were they thinking about Black Widow, oh dear, I seriously, I, I don't know what they were thinking, the fact that they delayed it for as long as they did, and the fact that they increased their marketing budget by Lord knows how much. And sure enough, 80% drop. If you've watched my video from earlier today on the channel, I did kind of a pre-box office breakdown. Yeah, Friday to Friday, Black Widow from first to second week, 80% drop. Which is the highest in the entire history of the MCU. And is in line with and similar to drops we saw with Batman vs. Superman and Dark Phoenix. Movies that typically you don't think of as being huge financial successes, though BVS was a lot more successful than Dark Phoenix was. So it's going to be interesting. Obviously, Black Widow could still very well you know, perform better on Saturday and Sunday this weekend. Also, Black Widow could still potentially do well past this weekend as well. Uh, history, though, I would say is not really on their side. So it's it's going to be... Uh, an interesting and I, th- I would say probably a bumpy ride for that movie. And I would say there's a good chance it will not make its money back. Orange Air Reviews. Good evening to you, our father. Good evening to you, good sir. Thank you for being here today with your Dracula voice as such. Oh, goodness. Oh, my. Thank you for being here. All righty. Uh, Bifford the Hobbit. Hail to you, good sir. Says, did you hear about the new movie out of Khan? It's called Titan, ultra-violent horror movie about a young woman who has sex with cars and is impregnated by a vintage Cadillac. No, and I wish I hadn't. Thank you for now burning that image into my head, and I pray that I'm able to burn it out of my head because that, no, no, just when you thought that there might be some filmmakers out there who have some really cool original stories, you, you get that. It's 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 not too far stretch. It's not too many shades away from what we got in Solo the Star Wars story with L337 and the Plink, as, as EVS used to say, the, plink, the Pink Flamingo. Uh, <laughs> lore, that's so stupid. 
That's so stupid. Uh, James Dashe, what's going on, man? Thank you for tagging me. And yes, indeed, if you have a comment or question that you want read aloud on the channel, just make sure you put at Odin at the very beginning of your comment. At Odin is all you need to put at the beginning of your comment, unless you are a YouTube member, where part of the perk is that you don't have to. Unless, of course, you're talking to somebody else, and in which case I will assume, assume that you're having a conversation. I also like to highlight people who are new to the chat or new to today's chat, who I haven't chatted out yet. Emblazen64, thank you very much for being here today. Thanatos Felicitas, thank you for tagging me. Says, just came from EFAP, they are destroying Black Widow. Yeah, if anyone actually wants to watch Black Widow, not that you really should, that is really the only legitimate way you can, because at the very least, you'll be entertained, and also, they are going to tear that film apart, because it is an objective failure. And... As I mentioned previously, when I got EFAP on my side with this, it's hard for anyone really to make the argument that it's an objectively good movie. <laughs> As Tina B's trying to call me out, trying to throw shade at me for my back issues. It's called age, Odin. It doesn't take much to throw something out. <sighs> How dare you? How dare you? Soul Assassin, what is going on? Punk Waddle. Says, Odin was doing his pre-stream stretching. No, I, I wasn't. I don't do stretching. I probably start should start doing uh, some some stretching, that's for sure. Uh, Rusty Shackerford, you have no idea. This has been one of the worst weeks on record. Because I was sick. Baby Thor was sick. Tons of other stuff just happened. Uh, I, I was just... There was a couple points of the week I was just... I was just... Uh, I can't. I was you know taking care of baby Thor as I obviously, you know... I'm supposed to do and very much still love to do because I, I love him to death. Um, but there were definitely times when like I was on the floor playing with him where I was just curled up in a little ball. My head was on a pillow watching him and I was just like, oh, let me just sleep a little bit. And I was like, but I can't. <laughs> but it was fun. Uh, Stephanie B, thank you for being here as always. Your back could be stress related. It could be. Yeah, you would know Stephanie B. She is a yogi. She does yoga and is a yoga instructor. So it could be that. It very well could be. Orange Air Views says, You have something on your forehead above your right eye. Looks like a dot. Oh. Thank you for telling me. I don't I don't know what that is. Did I I think I got it. I don't know what that was. <laughs> <laughs> but I love how you were like, I noticed it, and I must tell you. Gary Banjo Sandwich, what's up, good sir? Day one of my Geek Con done. Bedtime soon. Early start new video on my channel. Enjoy. Nice, Gary Banjo Sandwich. And again, congratulations on uh, getting that press access. Evan S., what is going on? Welcome back to the show. Snorter Poop is Cuber, who's a member. Says, Odin has been lifting too many triple pepperoni pizzas. Yes, this this is indeed a true statement. Too much pepperoni. Father says, uh, Odrat is back by picking up the famous Jewish sports legends pamphlet to quote the great classic airplane. Ah, that, that has to have been what it was. Just another red shirt. Hail. Welcome back to the channel. Bifford the Hobbit comes in to say, the hype is real on Nick Cage's new movie called Pig. It was fantastic. Is it really Bifford the Hobbit? Where is it currently available? Is it in theaters? Is it on streaming? Is it in both locales? I don't think it's playing at the theaters near me. Or if it is, the times will not work out with my schedule, unfortunately. Bruce, what is going on? 
Bruce, thank you for being here. Keely Chow in the chat. What's going on? Jeremy Zakowski, what's going on? Ty says, uh, oh, just admit it. The reason why you had a backache is because you couldn't lift Mjolnir from baby Thor. I will say this much. Uh, he has a, a little, uh, it's a little baby Mjolnir uh, rattler or rattle, I guess you could say. And that dude, he can lift it up now and just shake it like no one's business. So yeah, baby, baby Thor, uh, he's ready to cause some trouble. With, with his Mjolnir. He, he's ready to start hitting some people with his Mjolnir. <laughs> oh, man. James Dashier comes in and tags to say, do you think the film 1917 is worth watching? I absolutely do. I think it is a feat in filmmaking, a tremendous feat in filmmaking, and it is a very well-crafted, well-made film. Is it the most rewatchable of films? I would say probably not. I, I think when I first saw it, I liked it more than I would say now, only because I haven't rewatched it and I haven't really had the desire to rewatch it. It's still a very good film. So if you've not seen it, I would absolutely recommend watching it. I just don't know if it's a film that necessarily is going to be rewatchable. For some people, it might be, right? Because different films, different genres. Um, you know, I, I think I will say this much. Sometimes I think some people might look at 1917 and think there's some similarities as far as styling with Dunkirk. I will say 1917 is leaps and bounds better than Dunkirk because they actually have characters that are well-developed, I would say, and you actually care about them, unlike Dunkirk where it's not really there. Thank you for the good vibes, Bruce. 8-Bit Eight Eight Axel, who is a member on the channel. What is going on? He says, Hail Allfather, hail to you. Near-sighted Cyclops, what is going on? Welcome to the channel. Appreciate you being here today. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Snortapupus. I very much appreciate that. Gregory, what's going on? Gregory DeGraff, that's a new name in the channel. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for being here today. Crisco, thanks for tagging me. He says, other than some of the animation, a few fun moments, Space Jam New Legacy was a complete waste of time. Yeah, and I, th I think I was able to predict that from the trailers because the trailers, nothing about the trailers made me want to watch that movie. But obviously, the biggest reason for me is because I don't like LeBron James. I, I don't think he is as talented as people say. I'm not saying he's not talented. I'm just saying that I, I don't think that he's as great of a player as some people say. And obviously, I'm no, I'm no, I'm no basketball expert. I don't watch basketball on a regular basis, but... It's, it's because at the end of the day, I'm a Michael Jordan guy. I, I grew up loving Michael Jordan, most especially because of Space Jam. I remember in New Orleans, there was this all-star exhibition game that came to New Orleans, and I wanted to go to it, not because I liked basketball, but because Michael Jordan was playing. And I actually got to see Michael Jordan play in that, and it was a lot of fun. And, and my mom always reminds me that I was the little kid there, and I was like, Michael, you rule! So... You know, little cute baby Odin there, you know, was a big fan. So there's a lot of reasons for me not to want to watch this film in general. And I still really don't. It's one of those things where I feel like I have to, to watch it for the channel. So that way I can let y'all and also other people know about whether it's good or not. And most likely how bad it really is. But it's also like, I, I don't want to dedicate the over, what was it, an hour and 50 minutes or something like, like, it's a, it's the length of a movie that it shouldn't be, like, a movie like Space Jam 2 should be 90 minutes, max, 
And I want to say when I was looking at like the the basic preview on HBO Max, I want to say it said like it was over an hour and 45 minutes. And I'm like, whoa, that's already way too long for this movie. Not to mention, I can't watch a film with LeBron James in it for that long. No, thank you. That sounds more like torture. Uh, let's see. J.M. Cruz says, Black Widow dropped just as high as she fell in Endgame, and it's both the MCU's fault. That's a great point. Thursday's Warriors member says, Black Widow shows definitively that Hollywood can't make good movies at this time, no matter how much time and money they're given. What I think it shows, Thirteenth Warrior, is that they're going to have to start rethinking what it means to make a big movie. Because up to this point, a big movie has been massive budgets, massive CGI set pieces, blue screen, green, green screen. And now that we're in this pandemic era where they're spending just as much as ever, but the return is vastly less than what it was prior. They need to start rethinking that. They, they need to restart. To, they need to start to think, how can I make a, a you know, a big movie, right? A, a big blockbuster movie without having to spend nearly as much money. Because if they continue to do this, remember, experts say that we're not going to get back to 2019 box office levels until 2024. So if they're still going to spend 2019 levels, if not more, in their marketing and in their production budgets, but the box office is not going to catch up for another three years, that's three years of almost guaranteed losses for any major blockbuster. Obviously, there's going to be some exceptions to that depending on where films do well, how much the films do, and other revenue streams that they might have. But yeah. Brightburn1985 says, I don't think you know this because video games aren't your main focus, but it's extremely hard to acquire new video game systems because of scalpers. I'm curious to know if you approve of that. I don't like scalpers in general. Uh, It's just like... As a collector, right? I collect uh, Blu-rays. I, I collect Steelbooks. I remember the the Lord of the Rings set, the Lord of the Rings trilogy Steelbook went out of stock incredibly quickly. And if you went onto eBay like the day or two after the release, they were already upselling those things like crazy. And guess what happened? Best Buy has now re-released those. Those are now available again. So, of course, idiot me, I, I bought one off of eBay, which is actually it was a fair price. It was up. It was, you know... It was marked up price, but it was still, I think, about a little bit more fair than the others because it was like, hey, these are damaged units, but they're obviously still a, a rare commodity, etc. But if I had held off, I could have gotten a new set. Difference being that Best Buy only has them available for shipping, and Best Buy also has a history of not protecting their products, and so there's still a very good chance that even if I had waited and bought the, the, the smaller price one, it still would have ended up being dented anyway. Um... So, uh, yeah, I don't like scalpers. I don't. I, I don't I don't like that process because it, it, it really makes it harder, I think, for collectors who really want to have it, who really want to have access to these movies or whatever it might be. Golden Rash and what's going on? Welcome back, Robert Frey. Welcome back to the chat. Appreciate you being here as everyone in here is absolutely freaking out about that film out of cons. Yeah, it just sounds sounds awful. Uh, Mark Lisseth here says, hold on, it's going to be a bumpy ride, is a line from All About Eve, a classic with Betty Davis. Fun fact. Matthew Highland says, I just had a nice egg burger. Ooh, I do like myself a nice cheeseburger with a fried egg on top. 
it, it's just delightful. I liked it to have you know the 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 medium well, just a little bit of little, little bit of pink in the center, a little bit of juiciness, delicious with some cheddar cheese. Alex McCarthy, have you seen the Gunpowder Milkshake movie on Netflix? Just by the name alone, Alex, do you think that I would have watched that movie <laughs> on my own? Do you think I would have come across that name on Netflix and said, "Huh, this is a movie that I want to watch." Doesn't sound like one that I would like. Uh, Gregory says, you can only like Marvel movies if you don't know the source material. Um, I would say yes and no, because there are plenty of people that know the source material who liked original early MCU films. So I would actually say that that's not entirely true. I would say it's a lot more true of more recent, especially Disney-run Marvel films, but there were tons of people. I mean, some my best, my best friends in high school, when we were going to see the, the first of the Marvel films, they had grown up with the comics, still had pull lists, like still would go to the comic shop and pull uh, every month, would, would get their, their, their comics. So they were still very big fans of the movies, and it was great having them because they would be able to talk to me about and explain certain characters or certain references that I, that I wouldn't be able to understand. Was it Karn Sensual, says Thirsteenth Warrior? I, I don't even want to know. I don't even want to know what, what you're trying to reference there. Uh, James says, I have no desire to watch Black Widow after watching Endgame. I've been burnt out on superhero films. Yeah, uh, Endgame was, was pretty much the end for me, too, as far as really caring about this universe. I mean, ar- arguably, you could I could say Captain Marvel was definitely that point. But yeah, Infinity War, I thought, was the last real solid film that that they really had, because even if you didn't like the story or if you didn't like it moving away from source material or anything, it was still a solid, well-put-together film, at the very least from that objective level, and I was able to subjectively enjoy it. But everything after Infinity War really hasn't lived up to the hype at all. I mean, I guess you could say the Spider-Mans have been kind of fun, but even those haven't been perfect. The Ant-Mans, right, the second Ant-Man film... It wasn't good. It wasn't complete dog crap. But yeah, we really haven't had anything really all that good since. Commenting is dangerous. What is going on? Thirsty Warrior says, I just thought since you're now the age where you throw your back out over nothing that you were sprouting new moles. Ah, I have a mole. My wife and I were watching Robin Hood Men in Tights today, so... <laughs> I agree with both of these comments. Yes, indeed. 1917 is fantastic. I agree. It's a great, great movie. The thing that pops up is a great movie, but is it rewatchable? I don't know if it has as much of a rewatchability factor. Satanian says, your back is achy. Sorry about that. Are your shoes too tight? How much are you? Are your hips shaking from left to right? <laughs> Uh, you're crazy, man. You're ridiculous. Rhaegar Targaryen, what is going on? Uh, Kyra Tharp is a member, says, I love 1917, and I have the soundtrack. Nice. Very cool. I guess, yeah, the soundtrack was pretty good. Soundtrack was a pretty, pretty solid one, I would say. I would say that's a, that's a pretty good shout there, for sure. All righty, then. Seeing now a bunch of comments. LeBron sucks. I agree. I agree. Brian Murphy, what's going on? Uh, Hunga Chunga Funga Monkey, who is a member, says, Ryan's an expert on LeBron, but I'm not surprised as they are kindred spirits. Oh, wow. I don't know how he'd feel about you saying that. 
Favorite hobby says, just crack open a few Blu-ray discs and you'll be spine. <laughs> oh, lordy, lordy, lordy. Tina says, I don't have to. Yes, but I still feel like it's, I still feel like it's needed. I feel like it's needed. Let's see. Crisco says, Space Jam 2 is two hours. Yeah, seriously. It's like, at le- I, I, I don't think it said exactly two hours on it, but it was very close to two hours. It's way longer than it ever needed to be. Uh, we are also live over on Odyssey. What's going on, Odyssey fam? Thank you all for being here today. Sorry, the YouTube chat is a bit excited today, so um, didn't want to fall too far behind there. But thank you all for being here. Gmonkey76 and Jacques Le, Jacques Le Suave. Thank you all for watching. Smash, rather, light up that fire button if you're watching on Odyssey. Gmonkey76 says, Hope Baby Thor's doing better. Saw Gunpowder Milkshake, 5 out of 10. It's trying to be an all-female John Wick. All the good guys are female, and all the bad guys are male. One of the bad guys even said he was a feminist. Wow. So, yeah, to answer your question, uh, was it Alex McCarthy? Yeah. Um, no no desire to watch that movie. That sounds terrible. That sounds awful. An, all, an all-female edition or an attempt to try and make an all-female John Wick? No, thank you. They've already kind of done that, and it was even either before John Wick or around the same time as John Wick, but it was definitely not inspired by John Wick, and it starred Jennifer Garner, and it was called Peppermint. It's not a great movie. However, I found it quite entertaining. And that was interesting, because that was the same year... Was that the same year of Captain Mar... No, 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 it wasn't. It was... People were calling me anist when I was critical of Captain Marvel, and I was like... And some of the some of the... Comments were always like, mm, you just don't like female protagonists. And I was like, excuse me, a uh, film that came out the same year as Captain Marvel, Alita Battle Angel, was one of the best films of that year. Oh, wait a minute. What does that have? Oh, that's right. A female protagonist. It just doesn't shove it down your face. And then several years prior, you had a film called Peppermint with Jennifer Garner, which nobody liked, which got terrible reviews. But you know what? I still found it entertaining. So yeah, you'll find me defending that film subjectively as being enjoyable. And that also had a female lead. So take that. Uh, but yeah, anyway, uh, gunpowder milkshake? No, 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 no. no. Jacques Lesuave then says, is it just me or was it difficult for people to criticize movies like Dunkirk because we're supposed to have a certain reverence for them given the subject matter? I remember having to keep my head uh, own, own over my dislike of it when it came out. I, I could see why some people could feel that way, right, about being kind of nervous when it comes to criticizing films that that are in like the war genre and trying to be respectful. I don't really ever, I I didn't really feel that to be honest Um, because I was critical. I I was critical of Dunkirk and I still am critical of Dunkirk. Um, I I think that if anyone's critical of you and and thinks that you're like anti-military for being critical of a, of a film with a bunch of actors portraying a historical event, they should realize that you're criticizing the film, not the historical event. And if they don't get that, that's on them. That, at the end of the day, is on them. Uh, Fenegator, thank you for the $5 super chat. He says, keep an eye on a new movie of, about to start filming. It's called Nefarious Christian Horror, based on Steve Deese's A Nefarious Plot, modern-day take on screw tape. Interesting. I do find the screw tape letters to be intriguing. I've not read them all. Dammy White 5 says, just watch The Forever Purge, and I really love the movie. Probably best of the series. A main reason is that the characters were so relatable and not annoying like in Kong vs. Godzilla. Very surprised. That is a very surprising thing to hear. Yeah, I, I have not seen any of the Purge films because that just that concept does not appeal to me at all. 
But uh, hey, Brian Murphy, what is going on? Thank you for being here. Biffa the Hobbit says, "R.I.P. Biz Markey." Don't know that person, or I I don't have a face of that person. I don't know. Comedy is dangerous. Says you were awesome on Friday Night Tights last night. You went o- way over your quota for words spoken. Pizza can was so delicious looking, even if the wife made it. <laughs> well, thank you for that. Yeah, pizza cam is always gonna be uh is always gonna be a good thing. And whenever box office is talked about, that's gonna get me talking. Um, if it's box office or if it's a movie that I've seen, then I can gladly enter into and add to those conversations. Typically, uh, there's some conversations that are just not really my my forte, like whenever it's a comics-related one or a Doctor Who-related one or something like that. It's like I, I don't really feel like I have the expertise to, to really add my voice to those conversations. But when it comes to box office numbers and stuff like that, boom, I'm in there. And then, yeah, I had to get my stuff out about the Tomorrow War, too. I had to get my stuff out about that because, I, I, again, I've seen too many people defending that movie and saying it was a good movie. I was really happy, though, because I think Jeremy uh, had the best take when he said that it's not a good movie because it's not woke, but it is enjoyable for that reason. It's like, okay, you're you're clearly differentiating objective and subjective, and hey, I, I can respect that. I can respect that as long as someone acknowledges the, the objective flaws, you can enjoy whatever you want to enjoy. Uh, Rob D, what's going on? Tag says, hey, Odin picked up Wrath of Man, Batman Long Halloween Part 1, and the Bad Boys Trilogy this week. Yeah, I'm thinking of getting Wrath of Man because I have not actually seen it. I was hoping that there would be some screeners available for it, but I I don't remember seeing it. Um, I am actually getting, by the way, guys, uh, I'm very happy about this. I'm actually getting a... Uh, an early edition of A Quiet Place Part 2. I'm actually getting a physical copy uh, sent to review. So I'm so hyped because I actually really enjoyed that movie. So I should be getting that sometime next week. Um, But yeah, I thought about picking up Wrath of Man because I really like... um, Obviously, Jason Statham, I think, is 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 fantastic in in those types of movies and those types of roles. And uh, I like the filmmaker as well. I mean, what he did with The Gentleman. Gentleman was one of my favorite films of last year. So... Um, I was not, I was not actually able to go see it in theaters and, uh, the Blu-ray I don't think is, is all that much right now. Anyway, forever sci-fi what's going on as a member says Jordan is the goat. And this comes from a Pistons bad boys fan. Ooh, wow. Okay. Uh, let's see. Keck 44. What is going on? Thank you very much for being here today. Appreciate you. The Wake Down in the chat, what's going on? Rob D, what's going on? He tagged and says, studios need to talk with the people that made District 9. Amazing movie for $30 million budget. Yeah, seriously. I mean, even if you were to adjust that for inflation, it's still a lot more of a low budget than other films that, that have been made using that level of CGI. District 9 is a great movie. Here's the thing. They don't need to talk to, the studios don't need to talk to, uh, it's Neil Blomkamp who did that. Um, they don't need to talk to him about how to spend little money on effects. They just need to good to write good stories because th- that's the key thing. They can have really bad effects. They can spend hundreds and hundreds of million dollars on bad effects, but or, or effects that just don't really hold up or or don't look that great or don't look as good as much as they spend. But if they don't have a story, they got nothing. If they have a story, at the very least, they might be able to get enough good word of mouth for people to see it in theaters, or better yet, buy it on physical media. That was what happened with Live, Die, Repeat, Edge of Tomorrow. That film was a box office flop. That film lost money at the box office, but 
because of good word of mouth and because it did so well because of that word of mouth on Blu-ray, DVD, and 4K, that movie did so well that they greenlit a sequel. So that's the kind of stuff that they need is is good storytelling and not just effects. But I do think that that's a good shout because District 9 is not just a good movie from a story perspective. Those visual effects are incredibly impressive for as little as they spent. Sadly, Neil Blomkamp's other films aren't really as good. He also did films like Elysium, which was it was okay, but it wasn't the best thing ever. And then he did Shappie, which to me is 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 more of a meme. I feel like if the film was called D. Antwood the movie, then it would be better. And if you've seen the movie, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If it was Deant with the movie, I think it would be better. Um, and it's a meme because I, ever since that film's trailer came out, almost every week of my life, at some point in in my conversations, I will say, I am Jappy. I am alive. <laughs> I am Jappy. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, nearsighted. Uh, Cyclops says, if politicians get their way, 2024 will not be the date. They want lockdowns to last forever. Yeah, and I think you're starting to see a lot of people start to say, nope, I'm done with it. Uh, Fatigator, thank you again for that super chat. Just able to pop that up. I wanted to read it because the chat was moving so quickly. I Normally, I'm able to say, hold on, I'll be able to highlight it, and then I'll, I'll talk about it. But I wanted to make sure... I was able to uh, get to it before that. So anyway, shout out to you, Fetigator. And again, thank you for uh, that shout for a nefarious plot, a modern take on screw tape, which it says there is about to start filming. So we're probably still a few years out from that film actually getting released if they haven't started filming yet. Uh, Fetigator then says, Steve Deesh is a Christian political commentator on The Blaze after Glenn Beck, an amazing follow on Twitter too. Yeah, I've seen some of his show before. I've seen some of his show before. Because uh, obviously I, I support Mug Club, and um, so I, I had access to be able to watch it. I don't again. I don't. I'm not really watching a lot of news. I haven't been watching a lot of news for months now uh, because one, I've been stay at home dadding with for you know with baby Thor, and I'd much rather watch movies or shows and things like that. And that's why I've been able. If you see my channel, I've done so many reviews this summer, uh, so many retro reviews as well. And I hope to get back to that. There's still tons of movies I have not yet reviewed for the channel. Um, and hopefully baby Thor is feeling well enough to go back to daycare. So that way I can dedicate some time to, to catching up there. Uh, fat Steven Seagal. What's going on, man? Thank you for becoming a member at the citizen of Asgardian level. I appreciate it. Gareth Tharp says, I have to, I have to have bacon on my burgers. That is a great shout. I, I would agree. Now, if I don't have bacon, but I do have a fried egg, that is still very much doable, but bacon in addition to that, is just, mwah, it's just that icing on the cake. Uh, Zion Waters, what's going on? How cold is it in your house that you're wearing a jacket? It's really not all that cold. Downstairs, I have it set to, I think, 70 degrees, so it's usually around 70, 71. Uh, and then because I'm in my office and there's a computer in here, it can get kind of hot. I have my fan on, and I wear it because I like it. It's comfortable. I like to be able to wear it year-round because it's incredibly comfortable. So that's why. I wear it. Mark Lizette says, I guess you didn't remember. You started off early in the stream saying it's going to be a bumpy ride, which is from all about it. Oh, yes, that's right. That's why I always need context because I have terrible short-term memory, bad memory in general. But yeah, 
Punk Waddle says, talking about burgers tonight, and I got a I got a pizza last night. Maybe I should eat before Odin streams, but I can't complain on the food choices. Hey, what you should do is you should get a nice meal prepared and ready for the stream, and then just eat it as you watch. Have have a nice like almost like a dinner dinner in a movie, only it's dinner in a conversation. Comedy is dangerous. After watching Joker, I knew it would be a very long time until another superhero villain movie would be that good. I just boycott Disney now. Yeah, it's kind of crazy to think about how it wasn't that long ago that Joker came out, how successful that movie was financially, and also how we haven't really had anything to match it since. I think that's a great, great point. Um, <laughs> commenting is dangerous. Yes, I understand this reference. Quoting from Robin Hood Men Insights. No, no, we're just merry. <laughs> oh, Mel Brooks. So many of his movies could not possibly be made today. Uh, Tox Fox, welcome to the chat. Uh, Zine Waters says LeBron claiming racism is from a parody account. Yeah? When did I say that it wasn't? I never said that it... I never said that it... I never said that it, it wasn't. Yeah, it's from the BBC parody account. It's hilarious. What? Are you, what? <laughs> I never claimed that that was real news. What are you talking about? If, if there's a thread that I'm not aware of, the only thread where that was mentioned, I literally said, yeah, I know. And it's hilarious because it's clearly a joke. I'm so confused. Anyway, uh, Robert Frey, hashtag Alita sequel. Absolutely. However, Robert Frey, to be honest, and I've mentioned this before, I actually don't really want an Alita sequel anymore. Because if it were to happen, it would be under Disney, and Disney would ruin it. So unless James Cameron was able to go and do it independent of Disney, then I, I don't want to see it. Because if, if they're going to do it, I want them to do it right. And the only way that they can do it right is if they don't have Disney involved. So yeah, I would love, it's one of those things where it's both yes yes and no, right? I would love a Alita sequel because I love that universe and I think it's so well-crafted and well-put together. However, I don't want Disney's hands on anything to do with it. So I agree what's going on, Alex. I agree that they should probably be fired. Yeah, a movie like that that should be 90 minutes, not being 90 minutes, not not a good thing. Not a good thing. All right, let's see. Brightburn985, thank you very much for tagging me. Says, I've seen uh, Teenage, Mutant, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2. It has a good Casablanca reference. But if you don't like the 87 cartoon of the same name, you'll probably dislike TMNT 2 because it had a tone of the series. Uh, the only Ninja Turtles films that I really enjoy and enjoy enough to watch over and over again are the live action ones. Those are phenomenal. Those are absolutely phenomenal. Love those. Love them. So much fun. Go, Ninja. Go, Ninja. Go. So much fun. Mike Jackson. What's going on, good sir? I liked Peppermint also. Not a good movie, but really fun to watch when you're in a mood for it. Exactly. It's one of those examples of an objectively bad movie, but some people will find it to be fun. You know? Uh, Damon Wong with the five. What's going on? Says the hunt was another good movie where the lead just happened to be female. And Damon Wong fifty five. I'm so mixed on that. I put a review out on the hunt today in uh, my YouTube Shorts, and it was a part of the YouTube Shorts reviews that I've been doing. By the way, thank y'all for the support of that. A lot of people seem to like 
it because it's a nice 60-second short review of instant thoughts, reactions. I'm able to get them out pretty quick. I usually am able to do my instant raw reactions to it. Yeah, I, I don't know how to feel about the hunt. I really don't because I, I don't know what it's trying to push because there's elements of the film that are clearly being critical of liberal elitism, but then there's also moments where you can find criticism of almost like this this concept of backwater you know, redneck conservative too. It seems to me, my my first reaction is that it shows the the conservative mindset in a much more positive light. But I feel like it's a film that I would need to dissect because I don't know. I feel like there might be something I'm missing. I don't know. Uh, by the way, Sandy Q, thank you very much for becoming a member of this at the citizen of Asgardian level as well. I appreciate that. And also, Fat Steven Seagal, thank you for the Canadian $2 pesos. Thank you, good sir. He says, I heard you're the pizza keeper. Odin's Pizza Souls. Pretty much. Pretty much, man. But thank you for the super chat. I am the keeper of the pizza. As regards the, yep, I gave Gumpowder Milkshake a six. The action was good, but the writing was nope. And that's the reason why, everybody, we'd never take Alex McCarthy's opinion seriously. Because <laughs> even in a film that he says is not good, he still gives it a six. He gave it a six out of ten. What are you what are you talking about here? What are you talking about here, huh? Let's see, Nearsighted Cyclops says, I engaged the Ripley defense. It it if it's so lucky they gave her such a good ending after aliens. Um I don't know about the Ripley defense. I don't know what the Ripley defense specifically is a reference to. However, that's a great female character. Alien, Aliens, both of those films are fantastic. And guess what? They both happen to feature a female lead. What do you know? What a concept. Snorpeepus Cuber, I felt Dunkirk was a disjointed mess and was trying too hard to be artistic. Yeah, I agree. Not to mention, it was one of the earlier films where you started to recognize from Nolan that his sound design and sound mixing and what he wants out of the sound mixing on his movies is not good. It's not the worst sound mixing. The worst sound mixing that he has ever done to this day is Tenet. As much as I do enjoy the story of Tenet, the sound mixing on that movie is garbage. I can understand most of it, but I went into the film ready to have to be hyper-focused to hear everything. If you were a general movie person going to see that movie and had no idea the sound mixing was going to be as bad as it was, I have no... I'm not surprised that so many people said I couldn't understand half of what the movie was saying. You would have to really go in. Uh, let's see. Punk Waddle says, I put on Gunpowder Milkshake at around midnight. Didn't realize it was two hours. Watched it and eh, it could have been a campier boys versus girls thing, but I wasn't sure what I wanted to say. I uh, wanted to say maybe. Yeah. Um, I wonder if it kind of maybe falls into the the concept of the hunt maybe where it's like it's hard to determine what it's trying to say. But based on what I've heard from the people in the chat so far, I don't think it would be. It seems like it falls more into the it's it's a little bit more clear in its um, agenda. See, Alaric, what's going on? Welcome to the chat. Thank you very much for being here today. Uh, Sean, the movie man. What's going on? Good, sir. Says saw the gentleman last night on your recommendation. It was great. Other similar film wrecks. Well, dude, I'm glad that you enjoyed it. I have not seen the movie yet, but I did mention it earlier because it's on sale. Uh, but the Jason Statham film that I had mentioned, uh, same director. 
uh, came out, I think, technically even same year. No, 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 it came out this year. Um, but uh, yeah, I would say anything, anything by him is going to be somewhat similar. The reason why I enjoy that film more than his other films, though, I would say, is because I could understand the language. But if you go back to his more classic movies like Snatch, for instance, some of the accents are so thick, it's hard to understand. But I would love to rewatch uh, those movies again. Uh, let's see. Rusty Shackelford says, The next Evil Dead movie is pretty much an all-female cast. All I know is three Evil Dead movies with Ash. Yeah, I mean, it's just that that's Hollywood today, though, right? Hollywood does not care about giving you good stories, telling original stories. They just want to take IPs that have made money in the past and then try and and milk them for as much as they're worth. Let's see. Punk Waddle says, Tomorrow War may be the best of what's around, but I've seen better. Yeah, exactly, Punk Waddle. It's, it's a movie where people who say that they enjoy it totally get it. I totally understand. There's a lot of enjoyment to be had in that movie. There's a lot of really good things in there, too. Um, but... It's it's not an objectively good film. It, the The story is a giant narrative mess. Some of the CGI just does not work. The creature design is fantastic, but some of the other set pieces and the transition from the the past to the future just again doesn't doesn't look very good. But yeah. Um. All right. Waiting for Be for the hobby. There we go. Thank you for tagging me, good sir. Liam Neeson, new movie, The Ice Road, was fun. I've I've heard other things. I think even Alex McCarthy said it wasn't good. And if Alex McCarthy says a movie's not good, I'm I'm pretty sure it's 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 not going to be good. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that it's impossible for for the film to be good if Alex McCarthy says it's not. So, <laughs> Just Joe Forty Seven, welcome back, welcome back. Thank you for being here. Appreciate it. Um, alrighty. Alex McCarthy then says, speaking of A Quiet Place Part 2, watching it tonight, Wife's Dad has Paramount Plus. Well, I hope that you enjoy it. Hope that you enjoy it. I very much did. It's not as good as the first movie because the ending is incredibly abrupt, but the rest of it's pretty good. Actually, I really love the prequel part in the beginning, and I really hope that they spend some more time there. I would love to see the early days of the catastrophic event. Punk Waddle says, I think you chappy and I like you a lot. I think you chappy and I like you a lot. What? I am chappy. I am alive. <laughs> that's that's pretty much all I can really remember from that movie. So, <laughs> all right. Thank you all again for being here tonight. Please smash that like button if you have not done so already. So many people in here got to make sure I got all my members in check because some members yeah, members don't have to uh, tag necessarily. See, Alice McCarthy says, I couldn't even finish Chappie, got bored. Dude, totally understand. Totally get it. Totally get it. It's, yeah. Um, it, it's like, it's interesting because for Neil Blomkamp, I feel like every film he made got progressively worse. He started off, he, he peaked too early, right? He peaked with District 9, which was fantastic. Then he went to... Elysium, which was okay, like it was kind of like the middle of the road, and then he went to Chappie, which really was more of a meme than anything else. <laughs> it wasn't really a good film, but uh, I guess it was fun. <laughs> it's a movie I like to make jokes about more than anything else. 
Again, Fat Steven Seagal, thank you very much for that super chat. I really do appreciate it. Speaking of which, commenting is dangerous. Thank you for the $5 super chat. He says, I can afford this after canceling my Netflix account. Thank you for making me feel more sane in a constantly more insane world. No problem, dude. Thank you for your uh, love and support. Really do appreciate you being there. I'm sorry that they nuked your old account on YouTube, man. Um, but yeah, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. I will always give you my on- my honest thoughts on things. I don't I don't uh, I don't like to sugarcoat. I don't like to sugarcoat. Thanos Felicitas. I like to have bacon in my brownies. I could see that working. I could totally see that working. Uh, Bay for the Hobbit tagged. It says your thoughts on a hamburger with pineapple. There's only one thing I have to say to you, and this is this, uh, Bifford the Hobbit. You, you've just earned it, man. Bifford the Hobbit, you've just earned it. You leave me no choice but to declare you excommunicado. You're excommunicado. You're excommunicado, man. I'm sorry. I, I have to. I have to do it. I have to do it, man. You're excommunicado. How dare you? How dare you? mention a burger and pineapple. It's bad enough when people mention pineapple on pizza. <sighs> you disgust me. Uh, Punk Waddle says, there was a lumberjack burger from a place that is now closed, but it had bacon, fried egg, and it came with a small cup of maple syrup. Mmm, mmm. Well, that sounds delicious. Dadman Walking 55, it says that I've been a member for four months. Wow, how time flies. Well, Dadman Walking 55, thank you for being a member for four months. And yeah, dude, it seriously flies. Uh, newest member, Sandy Q, what's going on? Says, loving the retro reviews. Please keep them coming. Absolutely will. And as I said, I got plenty of films that I still need to review. Uh, just now that I have had, haven't had the time to do so. I had a bunch of short reviews that I was going to try and put out. But it was on one of the worst days this week. So, um, yeah, it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't going to happen that day. That's for sure. Uh, Kara Tharp says, I've been doing a lot more reading this spring and summer. I'm rereading Jane Austen's books right now. Uh, right now I'm reading Emma. Kara Tharp, if you, if you have not seen the remake of Emma that came out last year, highly recommend it. It is a lovely film, has fantastic acting uh, so, some really solid actors in it as well. And uh, yeah, if you haven't seen it, would highly recommend it. Uh, a bunch of people in this chat who are fans of the story of Emma and of older versions of Emma, even they are saying and have said that they do like this newer, this newest version of Emma. So I would definitely recommend it. Theomesis? Theomesis? Welcome to the chat. Uh, Falk, Welcome. To the chat. Um, all right. And again, if you're on YouTube, smash that like button. All right, let me jump over to Odyssey Fam. What's going on, Odyssey Fam? Again, apologies, Odyssey Fam, that I'm falling behind over here. But uh, YouTube, I'm trying to keep up with my YouTube and DLive chat because they're hopping tonight. All right, Jacques Lesuave over on Odyssey says, Wow, speaking of James Cameron, if all these Avatar movies being made simultaneously had projections for pre-coof times, how much money will they lose uh, if they're released the next couple of years. Well, the first one is supposed to be released next year. So, yeah, if the experts say that we won't get back to 2019 box office until 2024, that means that that film most likely will operate at a loss. 
Uh, yeah, I believe the last thing I heard was James Cameron was given a billion dollars to make four Avatar films, I believe. Um, so, yeah, going to be very interesting to see how all that plays out. Also, I'm sure he had asked for more money, and I'm sure that those budgets are going to be bigger than what one, anyone anyone would have expected. Yeah, those films essentially are going to have to make close to a billion dollars to to make their money back. Uh, it's going to be very interesting to see. Um, and you know what? You know, I hate the first Avatar film. I think it's vastly overrated. So if that film ends up losing money, um, I'm okay with that. Because maybe if James Cameron starts to lose money with the Avatar films, maybe he'll go back to properties like Alita and then be like, screw you, Disney. Screw you guys. I'm going home. Uh, Relina over on Odyssey. What's up? Says, I don't know if you covered LeBron James Space Jam yet, but my here's my prediction. The movie will be a smash hit, but only... A- <laughs> but only among furries. Oh, <laughs> that's a hot take right there, Relina. <laughs> I haven't even looked at the box office. I don't even know how much that money that film cost because if the film makes or loses money, the, it still loses. The fact that that movie exists is a loss, not just for the movie, but a loss for humanity in general. <laughs> uh, Relina also then says, I don't know if you... Okay, I got that one all. Ready. So yeah, for those that don't know, if you're watching on Odyssey, I multi-stream to YouTube, Periscope, DLive, and Odyssey. That way everyone has an option if they've given up on various platforms. And uh, I do fall behind on Odyssey the most because less people watch on Odyssey. And obviously I want to make sure that everyone gets as much attention as possible. So again, thank you all very much for being here today. By the way, Robert Barnes, thank you very much for becoming a member over on YouTube at the Citizen of Asgardian level. He is also one of my Locals members. If you are on Locals and you want to support the channel, check out a link in the description to find my Locals community. You can follow me for free. I post stuff there for free. And then also, too, you get perks if you are a supporter. It's the same perks you get at the Keeper of the Bifrost level, which is equivalent to Patreon, Subscribestar. I keep them all the same level and eventually if locals does eventually allow for tiers i'll have all of the tiers matching across those but some people like locals what i like is that i can choose whether or not to notify supporters of post members of post so it i think it makes it a lot better because uh i love subscribestar as an alternative to, to patreon one of the issues that i've noticed though is that notifications aren't always really good so um and i've mentioned this before if you are a member uh, at the Keeper of the Bifrost level or above on any of those platforms, like subscribe to our Patreon or also even on YouTube, and you want to get rid of that one and join Locals, but you still, you're currently in the month for this, uh, for whatever place you're on, please email me, contact me, because I would be glad to give you a uh, free access to that level on Locals. And then, you can switch over for the next month. That way you don't have to worry about double paying or anything like that. But yeah, anyway, quick, quick side note there. Uh, thank you for showing the love of the beard. Thank you very much, Falk. I appreciate that. All right. Slice of Neons tad and says, you know, TMNT, the animated movie is the best film featuring the turtles brother. Uh, 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 no, no, no live action. The nineties live actions are the best. No doubt about it. Uh, let's see, Zion Waters apologizes and says it briefly sounded like you were talk- taking the LeBron BBC story seriously. When? Was this on Twitter? I can't remember. <laughs> I think I retweeted it and put LOL. But yeah, if you actually read the comment thread, someone's first comment was, this isn't real. I said, I know. It's funny. <laughs> it's very clear if you actually look at the handle that it's it's not really the BBC. It's a great parody account. 
Favorite sci-fi. The original TMNT movie would be so hard to get made today. You want to make a movie where the characters talk positively about fathers? Nope. Ah, that's a good point. Stay at home podcast has some true words here. Welcome back. Brother says, hashtag pizza matters. Yes, and that's why we must protect all pizza from pineapple. We must protect it. Dadmanwalk55 says, For the hunt, I thought the point on the conservative side is to warn when people or bloggers run blindly with unverified info that could ruin people's lives like it did in the movie. Yeah, I mean, Dadmanwalk55, I think that's a fair point to make, for sure. Um, But yeah, it's again, it's something where I feel like they marketed it in a way to get the negative reaction that they did. And that also, I think, is going to impact how I view it. I, I gave the film a, uh, I think I gave it a B minus because I was like, it's got good cinematography. It's got good editing. Like it's got good objective stuff. I'm just, I don't know. Like I'm still thinking about the story and I think I'm overthinking it to be honest. Uh, Sandy Q says, no, no Dunkirk was a masterpiece. Watch it again. I'm a historian and I've seen it six times, loving it more each time. And I think that's the thing, Sandy Q. I think that if you're watching it for the history and that is your biggest thing, then I think that it makes sense that you would enjoy it. As a film fan, looking at it as an actual film, though, the care there are no characters. So there's no character development. The the way that he handles time, as someone had mentioned, is is a lot more um artistic than it is practical. Like it, it really seems more so uh style over substance in that way. So Again, I think that if you're t- if you're going if you're approaching the movie from a historical lens, then I, I can understand completely why you would enjoy it. But looking at it as an actual film is where my issues come into play. Uh, Sasha Neon says, "Was Seagal ever a star? Saw one of his movie- '90s films and found it uninteresting and derivative. Also, pointless nudity. Yeah, and um, <laughs> I I was never a huge Seagal fan, but yeah, Seagal absolutely is a pretty well known name." Um, at this point, and it, it, I feel like that's also kind of a meme in and of itself to, to, especially since he, he's become a very large individual. Um, <laughs> so I, th- one of the best things that he ever did though, was he did like a cop show. Um, and I want to say it got canceled because they did some like illegal stuff or something, but <laughs> he's, he's basically become a meme in him, a mean in and of himself. Uh, let's see, Damn it, Five. Thank you for the five dollars sasa super chat. He says, "Love to support your work here. Maybe by coincidence, I feel the same way about movies like Dunkirk and Kong Skull Island. The movie reviews are great too." Well, Damn it, Five. Dad Man Walking Fifty Five. Thank you for one being a member on the channel, but also thank you for that super chat as well. And yeah, uh, Kong Skull Island. Yeah, I don't know. There, we talked about that film uh, weeks ago or months ago even. And there were so many people saying, it was a good film, it was a good film. And I'm like, I don't remember people uh, defending this film as much when it came out. Uh, Cobra Viper 999, what's going on? Brightbird 95 says, I heard AMC bought a local theater in LA called The Arclight. If you've seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, The Arclight is, is in that film. I'm curious to know if anyone in the chat has been there. Um, I haven't, but uh, hey, if AMC's buying theaters, they must be in a much better financial situation. Once again, a shout-out to Commenting is Dangerous. Thank you for that $5 super chat. Uh, talked about that earlier, but appreciate your love and your support. Uh, 70B says, what, huh? Who is that? Are they backwards? Everything my family said while watching Tenet. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And that's because it had really bad sound mixing 
and sound design. Sandy Q says, showing the perspective of one hour air, one day water, and one week land, and from three generations as well. So many layers. Please give John Kirk another look. And again, it's that exact reason as to why, for me, that's style over substance, right? That that's that's him trying to be too clever. And as as a audience member looking at the film, it it did not pan out as effectively as as I think he thought it was going to pan out. That that's just my thought. Um, yeah, Guy Ritchie. I, I was blanking on his name because I, I mix him up with other people sometimes, but I, I know his movies and I know who I'm talking about. <laughs> but that's the way my brain works sometimes. But yeah, um, uh, oh, who was it that had uh, thanked me for? Anyway, if you enjoy The Gentleman, uh, Guy Ritchie is a great director. Again, he's the one that made The Gentleman. Uh, look to pretty much any of his films, but I will say his earlier films, at least for me, were a lot more difficult to understand because of the accents in the film. But I am totally willing to give them another chance because of how much I enjoy The Gentleman. I love that film. Then as Felicitas says, I miss Roger Corman so much. Alice McCarthy in Italian says, Karen Gillan was probably the best part of Gunpowder Milkshake. She's in it. No. That makes me sad. That makes me sad. She's better than that. Rob D, I could never finish watching Snatch. The accents and foreign expressions are too much, as well as the over-explained of characters and character motiva- motivations. Yeah, and I totally get the the accents and, and it being very difficult to understand. I guess like the cultural aspect to it as well. I, I think that that makes a lot of sense where it, it can be very confusing. Like, not only are you dealing with a very different culture, but then you're also dealing with a language that, though it is technically English, is also kind of in its own world. And if you don't understand that world, or for me, if you can't even understand the words that they're saying, it's very hard to understand that world. Let's see. Uh, Kyra Tharp says, Most movies that come out nowadays are like modern, are modern art total garbage. Yes, great example. Modern art is awful. It's garbage. It's total garbage. Modern art is. Alice McCarthy says, All I need to know. He says, I liked Ice Road. I still hold by. That means that the film probably isn't good. <laughs> Because you happen to like it. Chris goes, says, Chappie felt like what would happen if Pixar made an R-rated movie. <laughs> I think that's a good point. I think that's a great, great point. And as I said, if they had named it D. Antwood the movie, D. Antwood uh, is, is a band, because the film really focuses more on them than Chappie, then I think the film would actually have been better. But because they called it Chappie, yeah. Soul Assassin tagged and says, Chappie was bland, but Elysium was okay, even if it had Matt Damon in it. Yeah, as I said, it, it's a mediocre film. Robert Barnes is a member, says, seen TV series Firefly or film Serenity? Any thoughts? Um, yeah, of course. Where have you been? Uh, yeah, uh, one of my subscribers sent me uh, this beauty right here. You can't take the sky from me. I think it was, was it Dion? Was it Dion or was it Bruce? It's either Dion or Bruce, I believe, that sent me that um, mouse pad. But yeah, uh, Firefly is one of the all-time greatest TV series, and it was only one season long. I still love that series. I I love the movie as well. And not only do I like it, like just for different objective and and subjective reasons, space cowboy that kind of thing, but there's also a very very big subjective reason why too. 
my little brother and I discovered Firefly during Katrina, and it allowed us to grow in our bond as as brothers. So much so that we we fell in love with the show. We found out when we were watching the show during Katrina that the movie was being made. And so we actually got to go see the film while we were living in Houston. And uh, we got to go see it together. So there are objective reasons why I like that series. But then also it's a very strong connection that I have with my with my little brother because of that. All right. Let us see. Thank you very much all again for being here. Smash that like button on YouTube. Y'all are killing it tonight. Uh, let's see. Falk says, people eat ice cream inside burger buns. <laughs> yeah, I want to say I've heard about that. You know, yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, I'm sure taste-wise it might be whatever. Like, it might be okay. But I, I like to enjoy those things separately. My meal is a burger, and then I let my stomach digest a little bit, and then I have a little ice cream or a milkshake or something. Or, even better, I have a milkshake as I eat my burger. Like the old time, you know, you ever go to those like 1950s style era places, and it's always like shakes and burgers, shakes and burgers, so delicious. But I don't want the shake inside my burger, which is essentially what ice cream in a burger bun would be. Not, Not really my cup of tea. Fonguado, who's a member, says, Now I have to ask you about American Gods TV show. I watched the first season and a little of the second season. It seems to be close enough to the book so far. Yeah, I haven't read the books, and I have not ever seen the series. So I I don't have many thoughts on that. Not a lot of thoughts. Thanatos Felicitas says, I was at a Brazilian steakhouse. Let me just say, you, you've already won me with Brazilian steakhouse. Don't ruin it. They served fire-roasted here it is. He ruined it. Fire-roasted fresh pineapple based in brown sugar and cinnamon. It was amazing. The only way to eat it. Okay, so you actually did redeem yourself because you're talking about pineapple in isolation and not on or added to something. So you're okay, Thanatos Felicitas. But let me just put it this way. Brazilian steakhouses are so... ah, They just walk around with different cuts of meat. Yeah, a lot of them, they have like, the one place I, I've been to the most, at least, they have like this old coin to flip it over if you want them to come up to your table. And for me, it's like, I always just have it flipped over because it's like, you know, if I'm not done with my plate, I'm like, you can put it on my plate and I, I, I'll get to it eventually. Uh, my favorites at those steakhouses, obviously, you, you go with the fillets, you go with the, the big stuff, but I don't know what it is, but the place that we would go to, their flank steak, whew, so well seasoned, so delicious. Man, now now I want to go to a, a steakhouse. <laughs> now you've got me hungry. You've got me hungry, good sir. And I want to go to the Brazilian steakhouse. Kara Tharp is a member. Says, oh, and I saw the new Emma. It was okay. I like the 96 and 09 BBC versions better. Yeah, I mean, obviously, when it comes to renditions of books and uh, renditions that have been done plenty of times before, you're going to have different... Uh, you're going to have different you know, likes and dislikes, you're going to be connected to, you know, if it's one of those things where if you grew up with a certain version of a certain character or a certain story, you're more likely going to be attached attached to that than to any new version of that story. And so it makes sense as to why, um, why that would be the case. But yeah, I'm merely trying, because I haven't seen the other versions, so 
when I say that, I just wanted to make it clear. I'm not saying that it's better than any of the other versions. I'm saying it's just a very good movie. Just very good. Uh, Robert Barnes, the member, says, How much is current box office down from pre-pandemic? 20-30% or more or less? I don't have the official percentage on that, actually, Robert Barnes. Um, As I said, all I know, based on the reporting, is that the box office is not likely to get to the 2019 levels, which I believe the 2019 levels were like 10% down from the previous year. Even though you had massive movies making tons of money, that box office was still down. And I want to say that was 10% down from 2018. My guess would be that if we're talking about going to 2019 levels, which were already you know, on a historical down point, I guess you could say, I would have to imagine that it's got to be 40%, roughly 40% down from pre-pandemic, I would imagine. But that that's pure guesswork on my part. Uh, Dadmanwalk55, thank you again for that super chat. Really do appreciate uh, the love there. Thank you again. Appreciate it. All right, Alice McCarthy coming in. To say, Vin Diesel is an Avatar 2 and 3. Didn't care for the first one. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that just doesn't doesn't make me want to watch it anymore. Uh, Damon Wythe 5 is a member. Says, oh boy, never thought I'd hear a Cartman impersonation here. Oh yeah, I am a huge South Park fan. <laughs> Which might surprise some people. But as my mom would say, because... <laughs> Fun fact, and I've mentioned this, if you've been on the channel, you've heard this before. South Park is actually, it's a show that my entire family would watch together. There was a, a, a couple years of, there was like a few year period where we were almost all in the same location. And so we would all come together every Wednesday. Uh, my mom would make snacks and they were delicious and amazing. And we'd watch that together as a family. And And my mom hated the show at first. And I remember she tells this story too. She got tricked into bringing my older brother and his friends to go see the South Park movie when it first came out. And she had no idea what it was going to be. And of course, when she when she found out, it was like, oh, man. Um, but anyway, the reason why my mom eventually started to like the series, though, is because she's like, you know what? They've got a nice moral message in every single episode. And it's true. Actually, when you look to most of the episodes from most seasons, they usually have this this under, you know, this this moral message that's being pushed across. Um, and also, too, because the brand of comedy in South Park, it goes after everybody. And I think that a lot of people from all different generations are just drawn to that. You know, we're, we're drawn to comedy that's actually going to be comedy. To me, comedy that singles out only one group isn't really comedy. At that, at that point, it's, it's bullying, really, I would say. When you go after everybody, though, that's, that's what real comedy is all about. Uh, let's see, Dressed Another Red Shirt as a member says, I refuse to see the first Avatar. Time hasn't changed my mind. And, dude, I, I don't blame you for that. And I would say you're not missing anything. And there is no reason why you would need to watch it. You're not missing anything by not having seen that movie. So I would say, yeah, don't don't even concern yourself a little bit with having missed it. All righty then. <laughs> Stephanie B. <laughs> I know it's it's not a very good name. That is for sure. I, I, I think back to it, I'm like, why did they end up with a 
site called Locals. Because I'm pretty sure there is or was at some time a site called Locals.com where it was a hookup site or it was like a dating site. So was it that they just were like, oh, this is available now and hey, we're supporting local communities and fandoms. So, hey. Uh, Yep, on sidebar. Huh. Must be having a conversation with somebody else. Let's see. Tina says, Mr. H had a video today about the announced running time for Dune. It's two hours, 35 minutes. To me, that's still not long enough to set up part one, especially for normies. Yeah, and you know, that is what it is announced. It very well could change, right? It could it could theoretically be longer because, hey, who knows if the film's coming out on time? I mean, all of these films that keep getting pushed back more and more. And as I said, I I will trust it to be a good movie i don't know about a good adaptation because i don't haven't read the book don't have much desire to um didn't really like the original film so it all comes down to the fact that i like denis villeneuve um denis villeneuve is an incredibly talented filmmaker he has not made a film that i have not liked i know that there's different opinions on some of the films that he's made but he has not made a film that i myself have not liked Um, so I will continue to trust that the films he makes will be good for as, as long as he holds up to the standard that he's been putting out there. So, Hey, maybe Dune will be the last one. We'll have to wait and see. All right. Jumping now back over to, uh, Odyssey. Thank you all again for y'all's patience and light up that fire button. Jock LeSuave says, what was the family atmosphere in the room during the Lemony Winks episode? Oh, no, we actually, that episode, (laughs) I can't remember if that was an episode that we were watching the season live or not, because I don't remember exactly what year that season was, but I want to say that we have at least seen that episode, but the reason why we all loved it was because we grew up watching the animated Hobbit movie. And because my dad had read The Hobbit to us as kids, had read The Lord of the Rings to us as kids, and we grew up also watching that animated version of The Hobbit. So when we saw that episode, even though there's all that other stuff going on, like, oh, Drew, like, you know, where the gerbil, you know, how the gerbil gets into the body, you know, obviously, like, all that other stuff, like, you know, inappropriate stuff. We loved the episode simply because all of the folksy songs they were doing, it was a complete uh, ripoff slash parody of that old 19 what 1960s 70s animated cartoon version of the hobbit lemony wings is journey is going far and wide lemony wings is journey oh it's so it's so good <laughs> so that's that's what i would say to that uh stay home podcast thank you for tagging me says do you think the quality of movies today story-wise will be made back in the 70s, 90s. I got a feeling that they wouldn't entertain it. Seems like people back then understood moviegoers more. No, they wouldn't. They absolutely wouldn't. And it's because films have been dumbed down. Because you now have an age of people that are afraid to tell stories. Everything has to go through and be approved by committee. And that's not necessarily new. I mean, that's how films have been made for a long time. You know, producers adding things, changing things. How do we make the most money? So that's not necessarily different. But ideas have absolutely been very streamlined, very watered down. And because now everything has to be so PC and has to be so careful, 
I I think that that's one of the biggest reasons why these stories are not nearly as good. Um, and we also just see a lot of times stories are either sequels or something else, and they end up being more derivative than anything else. So yeah, I, I would say that there's a lot to be said. Robert Byron says, uh, Siegel, uh, <laughs> uh, low-budget action films were quicker cash than any Purge film. Uh, uh, Seagal, rather. Sorry. Uh, Siegel. Well, Punkwaddle says, Seagal was a great uh, executive decision. I never saw that one. Um, oh, I saw him. He was in a movie with like rap rap artists, hip-hop artists. It's the one where at the end he goes, we're not all right. We are. We aight. And, and having to hear Steven Seagal says, we aight was so cringe um near side cyclops and dunkirk the character i suppose to represent the every man in the british army they even use the name tommy for the lead yeah and again there's just no character development all right some comments are starting to get skipped now because y'all are talking uh as much as y'all are uh but thank y'all again for being here the 80s and 90s movies had a lot of potential pointless nudity to boost the attendance you know pandering to the male gaze yeah and you know i am not a fan of that i i do not support that type of filmmaking i think it's cheap and uh i think it is degrading to society uh jason blum producer of the hunt was on ben shapiro's show several months ago i believe he stated the point was to fake people out by making uh by not making the conservatives totally irredeemable interesting yeah i thought i had seen him listed in a uh the sunday interview series i'll have to go back and and maybe watch that because that might help me understand the point of the movie as i said some comments are gonna get skipped now because i'm trying to catch up in the chat and uh y'all are y'all are crazy uh robert barnes is a member i have been to the arc like Cool, iconic theaters. Nice. Evan S. Status says, while I enjoy Odin Samurai movie blog, I'm waiting for Odin's Christian movie blog. Well, uh, there got to be good Christian movies, and unfortunately, there are not a lot of good Christian movies out. Most of the Christian movies that are made are made by people like Pure Flix, and those movies are typically not very good. Punk Waddle's member says, Kong Skull Island was fun, but saw it in IMAX uh, perk pre-screening with my dad, so it was a it was a neat experience, but I've forgotten the movie. And yeah, obviously that makes a lot of sense. You know, typically what we can find is that we uh, sometimes in the environment or because of other special reasons, we typically can like movies, right? We can like um, movie experiences, and that can have an impact on our uh, on our thoughts of it. Thirsty Warrior says, "Oh, now that you've broken the CC barrier with Kurosawa, retry Guy Ritchie." Exactly, Thirteenth Warrior. That's exact. I've I've thought of doing that. I've absolutely thought about doing that. Watching it with subtitles. Since I have now trained myself to watch tons of movies with not just Kurosawa, but also the Z- Zatoichi franchise and so many other Japanese movies. Robert Barnes says, "Just listen to Count Dankula a lot, and accent will get easier." <laughs> uh, I guess that's one way to do it too. Uh, and Blazing 64, do you see any good MCU products coming out in the future? Um, the only thing that you could possibly argue has any potential would be the new uh, Doctor Strange film. However, based on what we got with Loki in the timeline, that movie I can't imagine is going to be good. I, I can't. So I would I would argue no. I don't think there's anything good. I think the MCU is done as far as, as, far as providing good original uh, entertainment that everyone can enjoy. So, uh, what's going on, Zachariah315? Thank you for being here today. Uh, Brian Bird says, So, Tony Banderas, Indiana Jones 5 means they already ruined Henry Jones Jr. as a character. How much worse can it get all father? I don't know much about the role that he has in it because I, here's the thing. I don't care about Indiana Jones 5. It shouldn't be, it should not be made. Harrison Ford is too old for the role. And the last movie they made, Crystal Skull, was complete garbage. So, I have no desire to see it. None whatsoever. Uh, let's see. Alaric, what's going on? If Black Widow does 
do does poorly, do you think Hollywood will change course and start reshooting the unreleased movies? No, because if if they did, that would cost them more money. The issue is actually not going to be the writing, unfortunately. The the issue is going to be that no matter how well these films do, if they have the same cost as pre-pandemic films, which all of these films obviously do, and they're not making as much as they were making prior to the pandemic, which, again, box office is not going to recover until 2024, is what some experts say. That's the bigger issue. Now, if you have a film that is well-written, is well-shot, is entertaining, does have good word of mouth, your chances of making money back will be a lot higher. But, um, yeah, I don't know necessarily if they would reshoot it because that's just going to balloon their budgets. And that's the biggest issue. Is if, if they've got a smaller budget, you might see that. You might absolutely see that. But if they've got big budgets, why would they want to spend more? Zato on Podcast Business. Speaking of pizza, Hell's Kitchen featured a Japanese restaurant which serves sushi and maki pizza. Gordon was like, F me. Oh, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. Do, please, no. Do not ruin my pizza with raw fish. Ew. That's disgusting. Thirsty the Warrior uh, says, I've yet to find a Brazilian vegetarian restaurant. <laughs> and that's a good thing. That's how it should be. Uh, near side is Iclavs. Here about we have here how here about we have uh, peach shakes this time of year. Perfect dessert f- for East Carolina barbecue. Yeah, and again, by themselves in a shake, whatever. Th- that's th- that sounds like it could be delightful. It's when you start combining it with stuff that it starts to have an issue, especially with pizza. That's just anathema. Uh, Gregory DeGraff, have you heard Star Wars bad badly spreading hostiles on the hills? So what? No, I have not. Uh, that didn't even make complete sense to me, if I'm going to be honest. Uh, Salmon D. What's going on? <laughs> Gatekeeping pizza. I guess you could say I am. If there's anything that I will uh, gatekeep unapologetically, it would be pizza. <laughs> Zach Greg, what's going on? Welcome back to the chat. Appreciate it. Uh, Punk Waddle is a member says South Park was actually intelligent while at the same time nothing was sacred. Ex- yeah, exactly. Uh, Rob D says my mom does not care for Family Guy, but she absolutely loves the episodes where Peter ends up sleeping with Bill Clinton at the end. <laughs> Isn't it weird the things that that moms like in in those types of comedies? Favorite sci-fi favorite part of South Park movie is when Cartman pulls uh, the megaphone from his desk. Yeah, how would you like to my Mr. Garrison? Yes. Stuff that I cannot say. And I'm glad that has not happened to me in the classroom. Comedy is Dangerous says, I was just going to say the South Park guys stood up for making fun of everyone. They thought it was bad to leave anyone out. Exactly. Not to mention their takes on Scientology have been wonderful. Their takes on Mormonism has been wonderful too. So much so that they made a musical called The Book of Mormon, which is fantastic. Uh, Camembert, welcome to the channel, 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 store boobus cuber, South, South Park brought us man, bear, pig, and Mrs. Clinton, yes, that, oh, yes, 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 that's right, uh, man, bear, pig, I'm super duper serial, and also there was a follow-up to that, man, bear, pig returned as well, Jay, what's going on, man, says, I think Black Widow is likely to make 320 million worldwide by its final week, that's my prediction, um, it's gonna make more than that, it's gonna make more than 320, I I see the film making somewhere in the 400 to 500 million dollar range, but as I said, once I have my official numbers tomorrow, I'll put it into my chart, I'll do my calculations, I'll do some calculations, and uh, I'll be able to tell you what the range likely will be. Remember that the range is never a guarantee, 
Um, but the range is usually correct. There's only, if you look at my chart, there's only, I think, a couple of films that don't fall into the range that I have in my projections. And one of them is an outlier, and that was Knives Out. No one expected that film to do as well as it did. Like, it's crazy how well that movie did. It doesn't make sense, really, to me. Um, and then the other film is is very, very close. So we'll have a better idea uh, tomorrow once we actually have what the second weekend numbers will look like. Uh, Gregory says, how do you make... Horm... What? I'm not a scientist. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> or a biologist. Theratus Felicitas says the book Dune contains themes about ecology, religion, sociology, economics, and politics. Good luck with that. Yeah, Theratus, I absolutely think that there is a lot better of a chance that the film will fail um, than not. However, as I said, in the hands of Denis Villeneuve, until he lets me down, this very well could be the film where he lets me down, but he, he hasn't hasn't let me down yet. And then it was a joke. Don't pay her. Um, it's kind of hard to enjoy jokes that are separated when the chat is as uh, crazy as it is. I'm sorry, dude. Uh, Punk Waddles, David Lynch's Gerbil's song could be folksy too. Uh, oh, Gerbil's song. I was like, Gerbil's song? Gerbil's song. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Therato says, I love the South Park heavy metal parody episode. Yes, that's also another good one. Also, Punkwaddle, thank you for reminding me of Stephen Lynch. Totally forgot that dude existed. Haven't listened to his stuff in a long time, but I remember liking it. Uh, Alaric says, I think they're delaying the release of Dune Part 1 because of the worries of theater attendance, and they need good attendance for Dune Part 2. Yeah, because that movie costs an insane amount of money to make, and the last time Denis Villeneuve made a film with that kind of a budget, it lost big. I like Blade Runner 2049. I, I thoroughly enjoyed that movie, but it was a box office bomb. And here's the issue. Dune is the type of movie I don't think they're going to get the normie into that film. That is going to be a very specific film uh, theater crowd. Uh, at this point, they should focus more on not increasing the amount of money they've spent. So I think delaying it might actually be worse. Because I'm pretty sure whatever they're going to make is already baked into the cake because I, I don't think any of the potential, I don't think any of the potential profits that they think they could make from marketing changes is going to be enough to make up for any delays. That's just my own personal thought. Uh, Thursday Warrior says, Martin Scorsese seems more and more prophetic as each movie, as each new movie comes out. Cinema is dying and amusement park movies are taking over. And guess what? Those, those, uh, amusement park movies aren't making money. It, it only looks like they're making money. Remember, they're like, oh, look at how much money Black Widow is making. It's still like negative $200 million. It still has a lot of money to make before it breaks even. And, and that's the trick, right? That's the game. They, they put so much money into the film and then they always talk about, oh, look at the money, look at the money. But then they don't tell you, oh, yeah, but how much did it cost for you to make the movie? How much did it cost to market the film? How much did you actually spend? And then secondly, how much do you actually make back? Because you don't get 100% of that box office. So those so-called profits go away very, very, very quickly. Let's see. Stay at home podcast says Seagal died 10 minutes into executive decision. Best character development ever. Okay. Well, th there it is. 
Orange Eye Reviews says, Odin, have you seen Darby O'Gill and the Little People? Thoughts if you have. I have not. I have not. I don't even know if I've heard of that. I don't even know if I've heard of that. Hamilton Berger, what's going on? Do you mean Exit Wounds with DMX? That is the movie whose stars uh, stars have not aged well. I don't think that's the movie that ends with Steven Seagal saying, I ate. I don't think that's the one. Lord Toth, what's going on, good sir? How's it going? Uh, Father Chris Miller says, Blazing Saddles, the Christian version, last 10 minutes. <laughs> oh, Blazing Saddles. Classic. Golden Ration. <laughs> Just review Veggie Tales. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I guess I guess I could. Uh, let's see. Thank you for tagging me. Phantom of many topics. Thank you. And welcome. He says, In the Heights equals woke. No one asked for such a musical. Well, here's the thing. In the Heights was a Broadway musical. It, it came out years ago. So it, it actually has, it already had been released. It was a very financially successful musical too. So there are people actually that did want that musical, that did want that story because it was a huge success on Broadway um, for its time. It didn't last like film, or rather it didn't last like Phantom of the Opera or Lion King, so it's not timeless, but it did make some money. It was pretty successful there, especially with the awards circuit. The issue to me, though, is that it's very clear if if the media and Hollywood are going to continue to perpetuate the lie that it's diversity that people want, it's diversity that sells tickets. Prime example number one of that not being true is In the Heights. And it's not because, and I want to make this very clear, I don't think In the Heights is necessarily woke. I, I know a lot of people who I trust who have seen it and said it's it's not really that political, it's not really that woke. However, the concept of the story is that it is an incredibly diverse cast, it's an incredibly diverse story, because it is an original story, and it takes place at a very specific area and in a very specific time, and that is the actual makeup of what would have been there. What's interesting to me is that that film actually got attacked by far leftists for not being uh, for for not being accurate enough, for not being diverse enough, and so to me, the whole concept of people saying it's diversity that matters that has now completely been exposed because if diversity is what sold tickets to movies, that movie, even though the far leftists didn't like it, would and should have made millions, but it didn't. It was a massive flop, and, and it's basically out of theaters now at this point, too. So, uh, yeah, that, that's how I would say that. I would not say that it's, it's woke. Um, it's more so that people probably pushed it forward and made it into a movie for woke reasons, but not necessarily the story itself being woke. Hopefully, that makes a little bit of sense. Hopefully. All right. We are uh, just about out of time, so I'm going to do the very best I can to get through as many people as I can. So if you are in the comments right now, if y'all could please stop tagging and stop asking questions, etc., that would be great, because I do want to get through as many people as I can before I go, but I do need to head out very, very soon. So uh, first off, let me go to my last comment on uh, Odyssey, Jacques Lesuave. He says, I just like to remind everyone that Bond movie No Time to Die has yet to be released and will probably be semi-woke and awful. There you may continue to forget about its existence again. Yeah, um, it's not looking good. It's definitely not looking good uh, for that movie. 
All right, let's see. Father says, watch Blazing Saddles in a big 30th uh, birthday party almost 20 years ago with all seminarians. Thankfully, the Filipino nuns that were there didn't understand or couldn't follow it. Yeah, see, seminarians watching that film, that sounds like it'd be a pretty good time. Um, <laughs> it's just inter- it's interesting because, yeah, you throw in the nuns in there, you're like, I don't think that they would appreciate it as much. Sean the Movie uh, Fan, sorry, Sean the Movie Man, 71, thank you very much for the $5 Sasa Super Chat. I appreciate it, man. Uh, that was four minutes ago. He says, I fear my barometer for film has lowered. If it's not woke, it's good. Like Tomorrow War, which is average, writing is horrible like Loki. Thoughts? No, I, I think, Sean, I think that is absolutely what happened with that movie. There were so many people, people who I'm friends with, who defended that movie, said, oh, this movie's great, it's great. But the primary thing they said was great about it was that it was not woke. And I've put out this caveat. That cannot be our standard. It can't be. What our standard needs to be is good storytelling that happens not to be woke. But if we don't have good storytelling and if we don't have good, objectively good movies... Not being woke is not going to be good enough because guess what? It means that regular everyday people are not going to be drawn to it, are going to be more likely to criticize it, are not going to spend the money on it, which means we're not going to get more movies like it. And and the the logic that Hollywood's probably going to use for it is, well, you know what? If you had more diversity and if you had more blah, blah, blah. So we need to focus more so on promoting good movies that happen not to be woke than just movies that are just not woke. It's it's not a sustain it's not a sustainable system if that's the primary metric that we use. But yeah, Sean, I think that absolutely has impacted not just you but a lot of people. I think the barometer of a lot of people has been impacted because of the crap we've been getting. So I mean, it's totally within reason as to why this happens and why it is happening. Anyway. Uh, let's see here. Snort of Poop is Cuber. What's going on? Says, I like anchovies, but not on pizza. There you go. Uh, Father says, oh, in case it hasn't been mentioned, but three Texas Dems who fled the state on an unmasked charted flight now have the coof. Yeah. And when they get back, they're going to get arrested. <laughs> oh, such idiots. Uh, and then it says, I can't see the Book of Mormon because the song that's basically, yeah, Father, I understand that, but... I, I, I will say I will say this much. It's it's a really good show. It's really, really funny. And um yeah. But I totally understand where you're coming from. Uh Andrew Hayes, what's going on? Good sir. Haven't been here in a while. The new tag is at Odin, good sir. And I'm holding everyone to that standard. Uh, and I've already talked about Black Widow, too. So, uh, Zion Wander says, My favorite part of the Book of Mormon musical is that my church took it in stride and even advertised, you've seen the play, now read the book. Yeah, dude, it's interesting because, yeah, the, the Mormon church was very... It basically, cause if, you, if you've seen the musical, you might say, oh, it's making fun of Mormons, which it is. But it also presents Mormons as some of the nicest people that you'll ever meet, which is also pretty true. So it's interesting that you don't really see a lot of criticism of that show from, from Mormons. Uh, Moodyam, what's going on? Moodyam Tokumba, what's going on? Uh, Father says, I had to share a meme. I just saw someone just gave me a half, uh, half a peace sign. Oh, Lordy, that's not good. That is not good at all. All righty. Trying to get through these last comments because we are over time, and I'm trying... Uh, to get off. So again, Sean the Movie Man, thank you for that super chat. And yeah, I think you're you're right on the ball with that. 
Uh, Sorbus Cuber says, people who love the Dune book will probably not like the adaptation, and the normies will be scratching their heads saying, what? Exactly, Snorter Poopus. That movie is one that where I don't know what they were thinking when they greenlit it. Because, yeah, if you like the book, I don't think there's ever going to be a really good adaptation. If there would be a good adaptation, it would be this one, because I think Denis Villeneuve can do a good job. But that's not a guarantee either. I'm just saying that based off of his history. Uh, Darby O'Gill was one of Sean Connery's first movies. Kind of random there. I'm sure you were talking to somebody else as his Thirsteenth Warrior. See, if you're going to talk to other people, then tag other people, please. Oh, okay. Again, context is needed because this this is from several minutes ago. Darby O'Gill, Little People, is an old Disney film. Sean Connery back in the day. Banshee in the movie still spooks me. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Now, see, now it all makes sense. See, I, I, I call people out for no reason when you don't give me context. And we all know, if anyone is not aware, Father is the worst when it comes to context. Because Father likes to just put random things at his time when, when he's wanting to have the conversation. And then he is always like, I don't care that Odin's 20 minutes behind. I'm just going to put this out there and have him have to figure it out. <laughs> I mean, I love Father. And he's the chaplain of the channel. But come on, Father. Help me out here. Help me out. Help me help you. Alaric, I highly recommend you read the Dune novel before seeing the movie. Even this new movie is done well. You probably still miss some of the nuance of the story. And I've tried to get into it. It's just not really my thing. I've tried it. I might try it again. But also, too, I had so many plans this summer to read a bunch of books for fun and and for study and just to do a ton of stuff. But it's pretty much gone. My summer is, is essentially gone. And again, it's it's gone for good reason. You know, if there's any reason to give up the summer, it's baby Thor. But um, I, I don't know if that's going to be possible. Punk Waddle. And now my burger just showed up from DoorDash. Boom, Punk Waddle. Yeah, boy. Yeah, boy. All right. Stay doing podcast. Ironic, the movie was called In the Heights when the movie itself suffered all time. Also, any plans on watching the Rurouni Kenshin mo- uh, movies? Uh, they're available on Netflix. I don't know much about them, so I don't think so but never say never slash neons how dare you thirsteenth warrior and again please if y'all could slow down the conversations i'm trying to end the show uh there's a warrior says in the heights was based on lin-manuel miranda's old neighborhood in nyc yes i know this y'all forget i i was a theater kid i know all about lin Ma- i knew about lin-manuel miranda before everyone else did long before moana <laughs> Because I remember seeing him on the Broadway stage uh, at the uh, Tonys the year that In the Heights was nominated. And I was like, this ain't Broadway. No, thank you. And I felt that way ever since. Uh, Let's see. Father says, I actually used South Park's explanation about Scientology in class. Tied it with Gnosticism. Ooh, yeah. Um, One of my teachers in college uh, was a priest. And uh, in his office, he had the entire collection of south park so (laughs) all right i think i'm finally getting close to the end here on the youtubes um get things so very very close uh if you're talking about movies rent is uh, well actually sorry i have not seen the movie in the heights if we're talking about music i from the I have not listened to the entire show. I've not seen the entire show. But what I can say is that I I like the music from Rent. 
I like the music from Rent. A lot of it's very catchy and, and pretty well done. And I, from what I've heard, don't like much from In the Heights. So why only pepperoni pizza? Because it's the only pizza that's needed. That's why. It's it's because it's easy to get. And, and more notably, it's because I'm not the only one that eats the pizza. My wife eats the pizza too. So I could totally get like a meat lover's pizza, but my wife doesn't want that. So, uh, and obviously we could do the whole half and half thing, but it's just easier. Especially when you have a kid, it's just easier to to put the pepperonis on. And you know what? Because there's nothing wrong with pepperoni on pizza. Why why shake the boat when I don't need to? When pepperoni pizza is already great and good enough as it is. All right, anyway, I do need to wrap up. We are eight minutes over. Thank you all so very much for being here today. It was a long, 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 long show today. 66 people still watching in the chat. Thank you all again for being here. Make sure that y'all smash the like button, please, if you're watching over on YouTube. It really means a lot. If you're still watching on Odyssey, thank y'all again for being here today. Make sure y'all light up that fire button before y'all head out today. Haven't seen a whole lot of action over on the DLive. Um, Hopefully none of the DLive people got skipped. In fact, let me go ahead and open up the DLive channel just to make sure that uh, no one donated over there and it got skipped when we were having some some crazy stuff. Now, just a bunch of people following because I have this this restriction on the channel where they have to be a follower for a certain period of time before they can comment because most of them are probably trolls and most of them are probably Turkish trolls, but none of the typical DLAP people are there, sadly, today. But that's okay. It all happens. But yes, thank you all, all again for joining me today. Tomorrow, Sunday, 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 we have the Chosen of Valhalla live stream around 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Or sorry, Eastern Daylight Time, EDT. But again, 2 p.m. tomorrow, EDT on the channel, and uh, it should be a fun time. I, I, I'm still trying to figure out how I'm going to try and get this chat thing working with people uh, on stream with me. So uh, I'm, sure I'll, I'll figure <laughs> I'm sure I'll figure that out at some point. Uh, probably won't do anything too crazy. So if you're part of The Chosen, don't worry. I'm not going to throw any curveballs at y'all. Um, but, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it all happens, but thank y'all very much for the love and support tonight. Uh, don't worry if t- uh, the, uh, Tina, th- Tina, don't worry. It's this thing. This is it. The thing that I just did that's on the screen right now it, it is nothing to do with you. Nothing that you have to worry about. Okay. So, so don't, don't you even worry. Don't you even worry. By the way, let me go ahead and shout out Stephanie B and Tina B, my Valkyries. They are both amazing, beautiful people, and they are the ones that help this show go off without a hitch, or usually without a hitch. Normally, if there's a hitch, it's on my part, but they're the ones that are especially interactive in the chats, always helping y'all out, pointing on the right direction, uh, having conversations and everything. So again, a huge shout out to Tina and Steph for being amazing. Check out the links in the description if you want to find out ways that you can support the channel. There is currently a giveaway live for my Patreon subscribe star and for my locals. Members should be picking a winner sometime tomorrow for that. It's a 4K giveaway. So for Subscribestar and Patreon members, that's over in the Discord link. And if you're on Locals, I've made it directly on Locals since that is a new platform. There's only a couple people supporting over there so far. But again, anything that you want to do to support, links available in the chat below. Uh, Also, I'll be getting a box office breakdown video out tomorrow to find out officially whether or not Black Widow is a flop or not. I'll be able to make my projections to see exactly what's going to happen with that movie. So anyway... 
If any of that sounds interesting to you, make sure that you are subscribed to the channel. Also, please make sure you have that bell notification turned on. Very important. Bell notification turned on. That way you get notified every time a new video or live stream goes live onto the channel. Thank you to every single person for your super chats tonight, for your donations, and also just for your love, for your time. Most precious thing that you can give is time. And again, also thank you so, 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 so very much for... Uh, for spending this time and dropping the like. You guys are all amazing, beautiful people. Hope you all have a wonderful rest of your night and of your weekend. Uh, I'm going to go spend some time with Freya. So have a good one, everybody. And as always, God bless. And now for a huge shout out to all of my July Patreon and Subscribestar members. Andrew Hoyle, Biffer de Hobbit, Brian P, Dion, Don Bruno de la Mancha, Father Christopher Miller, hail to you father, Father Damien Cook, Garrett Searles, Harold Francis, Inflamed Wood, It's a Trap Productions, Jason Clark, Jacob Juice, Jeffrey Toon, Jonathan Carney, Laura, the Modern Major General's Story, Mike Jackson, Mad Mitch Dunaway, Mr. Peabody and his evil twin with the beautiful hair, On to June, Orange Hat Reviews, Out of Step with Reality, Priscilla Hall, Riff Magos, Rosetta Allen, Teresa Martin, Theodore Benden, Tina B, and Tina Bojan. Thank you all very much for supporting me over on Patreon, and also to my Subscribestar members, Fast Reaction, Nosferatu Gatsu, John B, Perpetual Punster, Mr. Roy, Glinzer, J. Alex McCarthy Jr., Dean Heiss slash the new number two, J. Rod the Beer Guru, and ZK Man. And I also want to make sure to shout out my Locals members. I am now available over at Locals.com, and I've got two monthly supporters over there. The first of my local supporters is Goblin Squatch. Shout out to you, good sir. And also, I now have a second supporter over on Locals.com, and that is Robert Barnes. Shout out to both of you very much. Thank you very much for supporting me on that new platform at the Keeper of the Bifrost level. If you want to find out more information about that, go check out my Locals uh, page. You can find the link in the description, and it tells you everything that you would get in that Keeper of the Bifrost level, which is right now the only level available on that platform. And I also want to make sure to shout out any new Patreon members. And for right now, I want to shout out Mondo Spieler, who is my newest member over on Patreon. Thank you all very much for being here today. And if you want to have your name shouted out at the end of every single live stream and video on the channel, please make sure to check out the links in the description of ways that you can support me over on Patreon and Subscribestar as well. And it gives you access to things like giveaways of Blu-rays, 4Ks, and digital codes. Also, a uh, access to a podcast that I do with John the Flickpick Flickinger, where we have a lot of fun. We also answer Q&A questions as well. And also, you might get access to the Chosen of Valhalla level, which gives you access to a once-a-month podcast exclusively, where I bring on you to the main channel with everyone else who is at the level. And we all just talk about movies, pop culture, and tons of fun stuff like that. And also, of course, Tina, who is the Empress of the Universe, is going to give us tons of reviews of movies and also maybe a couple of awesome rants here and there as well. So if that sounds fun to you, make sure you go ahead and check out those links. Again, you're all amazing and beautiful people. Hope you all have a wonderful rest of your day. And as always, God bless.